as promised, I'm back with another episode for this week. Um, so, let's get to it. This is the Big Fell Strength Podcast. I'm Austin Antrop, your host. Um, and today, we're going to be talking about... Um, it's going to be another random episode where we talk about random things. There is a specific thing I do want to bring up within this podcast. But um, let, let's talk about a few other things before we get to the main point. Um, I'm seeing, or I'm not, I'm not seeing, but I guess I'm, I'm hearing um, through the vine that a lot of guys think that, you know, just doing the main movement alone is what's going to get you stronger and I I was actually talking to this very close-minded dude today and that that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen or ever heard of because you know um You need to accessorize. And I used to be the same way, you know. Main lift's good enough for me. That's because it was working for me where I was just doing my main lift and it was making me stronger. Um, and I, I kind of I kind of patented that method for myself. And it's one of those things where you're getting used to the heavy weight that's on the bar. So you do it enough, you know, you do it enough, you know, if I do 300 pounds enough, it's going to start feeling easy, you know, week in, week out, if I'm doing 300 pounds on a bench press, just doing the main movement, it's going to feel easy. So over time, it will feel easy. So with that being said, you know, main main lifts do get you somewhere, don't and that's the reason why you do them for strength, but if you're not strengthening anything else that supports that main lift, such as your triceps, your shoulders, um other things that go into a bench press or even things, you know, hamstrings, quads for squat and deadlift, lower back for deadlift, um core to maintain core support and that's important in every single lift you do from deadlift squat and um bench it's it's one of those things you got to do you have to have a strong core you know so he he's talking to me and i was like that i said whoever told you the main lift is the only thing that has to be hit and accessories are optional has failed you and I I told him, I was like, I hope he didn't really buy into that too much because that's completely false. Doing accessories also helps with preventing, um, preventing injury. And right now, I can feel I have a... I don't know exactly if it's a pulled muscle if it's just a minor tear in my muscle but in my pec I can definitely feel that that on my right side that there is when it comes to expanding 
and contracting the pectoral muscle, the outer part of it um, going towards my armpit hurts. It's like a pulling pain. So I might have pulled a muscle on my pec. And that's simply because I haven't been really supporting my chest all too much. I've been really just pressing, pressing, pressing. But what I need to do is I need to stretch this chest. I need to get need to get it conditioned to expand and contract with heavy weights. Um, and part of that is because I cut out dumbbell flies for a very brief amount of time. The last time I can remember doing dumbbell flies was last month. Um, so after after this week, I think I'm going to prioritize doing some dumbbell flies and without injuring myself any further, obviously. But it's one of those things that if I would have been keeping up with it, I wouldn't be having these problems right now. Or maybe I would, but it wouldn't be as severe as what it is. And it's not that severe, so. Um, so, yeah, accessories are important. Supplemental lists are important. You got to strengthen. People think that, oh, you know, big chest equals big bench, and that's completely false. If you've got big chest but noodle arms, guess what? You're, you're going to have no tricep drive, you know? And that's just as important in a bench as it is in anything else. If you squat but don't do any quads, you know, you're not going to have any drive out of your quads. And depending on how narrow or how wide you squat, driving within your quads is important. It's important either way, but I squat super wide, so I use most of my hamstrings. Mostly hamstrings, so... But my quad, my left quad is feeling pretty, my knee especially, like down towards my knee within the quad, um, it, it's, it's sore. And it's because I've been going super, super low on depths and I haven't been doing anything to, um, I mean, I've been doing quad extensions, but. I might be overtraining my quad. So it's just. If somebody has ever told you that doing accessories, you know, all you have to do is main lift and you don't buy into that because that's false. Um, so. Anyway. What, what, what do we talk about next? Um, ooh, yeah, this is a good one. So, bench press, right? A lot of people are like, I'm losing explosiveness in the hole. I just can't get it off my chest. Are you doing any pin press? Today, I actually had somebody come up to me and ask me, you know, guy thinks he knows it all, so. And I'm doing pin press. And I'm doing it for two reps at 10 sets. So I think I went up to 85% of my max. I'm really just working on speed out of the hole. But he's he's just looking at me and he's like, how is that going to help you? 
you know, or you're just an ego lifter, you know, you're just trying to, no, my man put 85% of whatever your bench press max is and keep the bar flush with your chest or your point of contact, um, through the, when, you know, when you've brought the bar down, um, and then press it from a dead stop with no momentum. It's hard, you know, it's not, it's not a cakewalk. It's no, it's no, it's no pot. It's no apple pie. Let me tell you that it's, uh, it's very hard. And that's what I was doing today. Um, instead of doing a full range of motion regular bench press, I did a, a ten by two bench. Or I did a ten by two pin press with the bar flush with my chest and taking it from that dead stop, resting on the pin and just really working on pressing it and working on my bar path as well. And then I did close grip with 85% to work my triceps and to extend that range of motion to make my um, movement a little longer because the wider out you go, the shorter your movement is, the closer in you come on the bar with your grip, the longer the movement is. It's, it's everybody knows that. So plus I was getting that tricep work in, really working on drive with my triceps, so. That's what I did today for bench, and then I hit tricep extensions, and I hit rows, um, really working on getting my shoulder blades, you know, tight, and getting a good pump with those, but anyway, damn, this is one of those moments that I was talking about yesterday, uh, I really wish I could go, like, I could figure out a way to go live so you guys could ask questions within the podcast if you tune in live, um, because it, it opens up more conversation. Uh, well, dang. I'm just mentally exhausted, I guess. But let's talk about, ooh, yeah, yeah. Since I did bench press today, that's going to be a lot of what I talk about. Um, You know, so let's talk about the gear that you use while bench pressing. Depending on what kind of, like... If you're a non-competitor powerlifter and you're just doing it as more so a method of fitness than really anything, then, you know, you don't necessarily have to be using a belt. You don't have to be using wrist straps. Those, at that point, those don't, those aren't supportive, that isn't supportive equipment for you. That's safety equipment. Um, That's my firm belief because... You know, once you get to a certain weight, I believe, on bench, you should be using a belt on a bench press, and you should be using, um, you should definitely be using wrist wraps. But if you're not quite at a heavy weight where it's strenuous on your joints, um, or extremely strenuous on your joints just because you don't have a lot of muscle or and or flesh built up around the joint 
like if you have super skinny wrists but super huge form forearms you know everything from the everything from where your most of your meat is on your forearms and down is good to go but that does not mean that your wrists are going to be able to handle that weight so at a certain point if you're doing it as a method of fitness just to stay healthy, just to be in the gym, then gear isn't that important. Now, if you're a competitor, then it, I, I, and you can, you'll hear this from any competitor. It's important to train with your gear so you know what it feels like. And me, it's a very rare chance where you don't see me use a thing you know i'm always i either got a bit i i will sometimes take the belt out of the equation like today for my close grip i took the belt out of the equation um just because i was tired of taking it on and off and and it just kind of got in the way and i didn't really need it i was really more so focused on um supporting the weight and pressing the weight with my triceps so but it's also good for the competitor to not you if you use a belt for your working sets especially on a bench like it's good for you to not use it sometimes on your lighter days just so you can work on supporting your arch and your spine without the help of a belt and it will it'll pay its dividends so you know and if and that's for competitors um when it comes to guys that are now when it comes to multiply um i've never competed multiply in any kind of weightlifting event, I've never used multiply. The closest thing I've ever used to a multiply um, suit or bench bench shirt is I used the Mark Bell slingshot, and it definitely takes a lot of weight off of your elbows and your triceps, and it helps. But, you know, if you're not competing multiply, then it it really makes no sense to train for multiply. I'd say the best alternative for you guys that are um, lifting multiply and you don't want to be taking the shirt on and off. There's no problem with doing it raw if you can do it raw. If you can't do it raw, then do it in, you know, use the slingshot. Get yourself a slingshot, you know, put, invest yourself, invest some of your money into something that you are passionate about and it'll pay its dividends and, you know, a slingshot isn't quite a bent shirt. So, you might end up getting stronger without having to use the bent shirt. You know, when you go to put it on and max out the next time, it might work out in your favor having used that slingshot more often. Um, when it comes to squats and deadlifts, um, 
briefs, you know, the the single ply type or the single ply or double ply briefs um without your straps loaded up onto your shoulders. Just because and the reason you don't put a full squat suit on to train in a squat suit is and you use the briefs instead is because the briefs wrap up around your waist and they kind of the ones that I've seen kind of go up to your belly button or they kind of surpass your belly button and they're like on your mid stomach so it does have some kind of hip flexor support like hip flexor hip joint support there but it's not secure you know with those straps it helps it helps with you keeping your chest up i i believe because i i'd imagine it's like wearing a singlet and when you wear a singlet when you wear a one-piece singlet that's fairly tight on you and it fits your mold and it fits your physique the it kind of helps pull you back, pull your shoulders back. So I can't imagine what it'd do with if I was wearing a multiply suit. So, and it's it's quick. It's a quick. Hey, I'm putting on my briefs. We're gonna squat. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to take it on and off, and you can wear it throughout the duration of your, um, your squats. So. I, and that that's when it comes to gear um might not be the best person to be listening to when it comes to multiply lifting because that's not a world that I've explored yet I have a ways to go before I start doing that so anyway um I I've been getting a lot of questions about shoes because I have my my low top vans and then i have my high top chuck taylors and um some days i wear in some weeks i'll wear the chuck taylors some weeks i'll wear the vans um and somebody asked me like what's best i said well they're both flats so and when you're looking for a weightlifting shoe when the most of you, when the majority of your workout's going to consist of you lifting a barbell via bench press via incline press via um via fucking bent you know squat deadlift i I would say that for deadlift, I prefer the Vans, but I can use the Chucks. Um, just because sometimes that ankle support isn't really needed. Sometimes I need a little bit of more freedom and mobility within my ankle um, when I'm deadlifting. As opposed to squatting where i want everything as stiff and as tight as possible um and the chucks provide that ankle support 
Um, and when it comes to benching, the only thing that it does is it helps keep, like wearing a flat ensures that your feet are flat on the ground, um, which is something that they do look for in a USAPL competition is that, you know, you can't have your toes, you can't be up on your toes. You got to have your feet flat on the ground. So, but any kind of flat, you know, and I've even seen some people, they prefer to lift, you know, without any shoes on. I've never done it. I honestly would never want to do it. I just, like, for me, it's it's not, you know, there's there's arguments to be made. Oh, you know, so, you know, if you wear a flat, you know, you're raised up a little more and it kind of becomes whatever, you know. I, I don't really care about it. Uh, less than a quarter inch isn't a deficit for me, so I'm not worried about it. Um, and they say it's better for your, your align your body alignment. What, whatever. Um, not a, not someone who really cares about that. Like when it comes to what shoes I'm wearing, what footwear I'm wearing, you know, whatever works, whatever gets the job done, that's what I'm going to wear and I, you got to wear shoes in the gym that I go to, so I wear the flats. Sorry. Um, so, let's see. This episode's kind of, yeah, it's another... It's another, like, freestyle episode where I don't really have anything planned other than the one thing, which I am leading up to. Um, so, uh, well, I kind of got to get prepared for that question, so um, I might say um a few more times and then start talking about it, give myself some time to think. So, a person came up to me today and asked me the question, if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? And it it's a good question now that I've had time to think about it a little bit. Um... You know, I'm only 21 years old. I'm going on 22. I'll be 22 in February. But I've been doing this for six years. I've been strength training for six years. And, you know, I haven't really been going. I've been fluctuating. My weight's been fluctuating. There's There have been times I've PR'd. And there have been times where I've had to start, you know, back at the beginning. And it's hard. But 
there, you know, I didn't know how to approach the question because, you know, what do you mean? I've been doing this, I've been doing this for six years, which you look at it, it's not a really a long time opposed to guys who've been doing it for 20, 30 years and even more than that. And then, but I also look at it with all the things that I've learned and you know, you start to look back and that time looks a little bigger, but I'm also, but you know, like I said, I'm 21 years old, you know, people who get asked this question are in their forties and they're out of the sport. They're removed. They're only coaches. So I told him, I said, I told the person, I said, I'll get back to you, but I'm, I think I'm going to answer it now. What would I tell myself if I could go back in time and kind of give myself that forewarning of what I was about to get into? And it's it's really a jumble of things. First thing I'm going to tell myself is never, never, ever, ever, ever let anybody tell you that you are unacceptable as a person because of the way you look. That's the first and foremost thing I tell myself. I have to tell grown people that are older than me that they should be okay with what they look like. The first step to bettering yourself whether you're trying to look good or you're trying to be strong or whatever it is you're trying to be, is accepting yourself at that present moment. Accepting the fact that, yeah, you might be trying to be a bodybuilder, but you're overweight or you're not big enough, you don't have enough muscle mass. You have to be okay with yourself. That is the first thing I'd tell myself. You know, because... When I was younger, I had self-image. A lot of younger kids have self-image problems. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know... Kids are going to be mean. This is a world. It's It's a hard lesson learned, but guess what? It makes you stronger. It makes you a stronger person mentally um, to sit there and walk through hellfire of, you know, people calling you names and berating you for what you look like. So that's the first thing I'd tell myself. Uh, be okay with what you look like. And if once you become once you love yourself, you can start making the changes you want to make. Second thing I'd tell myself is don't walk away with anything unsaid or undone. And what I mean by that is I have never been that cocky, confident kind of guy. I've always been very humble 
And humbleness is not a bad thing. But I was humble and... I was just... I was not an aggressive person. And I never chased goals aggressively. And I kind of let them come to me and I didn't really go out and chase them. And... I wish I would have had that mindset where I was not 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 necessarily cocky but hungry. You know, because I when I started lifting, I never would have thought I I thought I was going to lift in high school and that was it. I never thought I was going to be able to lift outside of high school. I never really thought that I was going to make it a passion. I never really thought I was going to compete. And I kind of just went into it saying, oh, let's see where it takes me. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't have that necessary, I, I guess you can't really call it. I guess you can call it motivation. I didn't have that motivation to do anything astonishing. I didn't have that motivation to do something that even I thought I wasn't going to be able to do. So. That's that's the second thing I was told myself. Be more confident with, with your abilities. Uh, third thing. Third thing I want to tell myself is find a way to win. Um, some of the greatest athletes in the world are great athletes because they make up scenarios inside their head and put themselves in an environment where they feel attacked and they use that as fuel to drive them to be winners. My, I have a lot of athletes that I look, I look towards when it comes to what I aspire to be myself, not only when it comes to competing, but when it comes to being a person. And the, I would say, and I'm not a big basketball person. And I bring him up all the time. But I would say with full confidence that when it comes to who is my favorite athlete when it comes to mentality, it's definitely Michael Jordan. The man came up with man came up with ideas and stories to to fuel his fire, to enrage him to the point where losing wasn't an option he had to win. And I look at that and it's, it's, to me, it's poetic because you got to think about it, you know, take, take names, take sports, take it all out and just take it to where a single person has the mindset. He could be nobody. Nobody knows who the, who the hell this dude is. And he has some kind of chip on his shoulder because he looked at something and he wanted it. And his his desire for what he wanted 
was so heavy that he came up with scenarios and came up with these fake memories of people talking shit about him, people, you know, wanting to fight him. He came up with all this to put into the back of his head to give him a reason to win. And that is... That is the that is the mindset of a winner to me. So I would definitely emphasize the fact that you know find a find an excuse, whatever excuse it might be to win. I think I would have I think if I would have had that kind of mentality, I would have excelled more as an athlete. You know, I prob I probably would have been able to match my progress as an athlete and my success as an athlete with that same success I had in the weight room. But those are the things that those are really the only things I'd really go back and tell myself. I I think it's important, and if you are a competitor, or if you're thinking, if listening to these podcasts gets you into the mindset of maybe this is something you want to try, then, then if you're not sitting down, sit down, remove all distractions, and listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is a hard process, especially in the beginning. The beginning is probably the most challenging part of strength training and powerlifting because you're going to feel pain like you've never felt before. You're going to feel things and you're going to have access to things And you're going to awaken things on your body that you have never even began to scratch the surface of. And you're not going to be strong right off the bat. Hell, you might be able to only do 135 on a squat, which is a 45 plate on each side and the barbell. That's 135. But that might feel hard, but a week later, you might be able to do 225, which is 245s on each side with the barbell. And the reason that is, is because if you've never done it before, you're accessing things and you're making your body do things that it's never done before. So it has that natural strength there. It's present. You just don't know how to use it. Powerlifting, when it comes to powerlifting, it's teaching you how to use it. And then once you hit that point, then you're going to start adding true strength. True strength is surpassing that max effort, you know, one rep max. It happens. 
you know, you're going to go through, it's, it's not going to be easy. You're going to go through, you're going to want to quit. Don't quit. Especially if you just started. Do not quit. Because I'm telling you right now. If you quit this. Then you will never be able to do anything hard in your life. Anything, any kind of challenge. You will never be able to. Fuck, you will never be. I almost cursed. I almost dropped enough bomb. I'm sorry. You will never be able to push through something physically and or mentally demanding if you quit right now. And for my younger audience, I know I'm I was in your shoes. People are going to make fun of you if you're lifting in a public. I don't care how old you are. If you're lifting in a public gym, you're putting your whole entire training regime out there for the world to see. And when a person sees you do it and sees you fail, they're going to make fun of you. Let them make fun of you. But if you quit, you think about it this way. Today, if you fail on a bench squat or a deadlift and you were working or you were working out in a public gym, and you decide, and somebody came up to you and made fun of you for it. And then you quit. That person that made fun of you has the last laugh. Because that was the last time he see, he saw you. He never saw you again, never even heard your name. Use that as fuel. Make your name known. Go out there and use that as use that as motivation and let it drive you. Let it drive you to get stronger. Let it drive you to compete. Let it drive you to be the most dominant lifter in the sport. Because if you let it drive you, I promise you that man will hear your name again. He will hear your name and he'll know what you look like and he'll be like, oh my God, I made fun of this dude in the gym two years ago. He couldn't even squat 315 and now he's squatting 800 raw. If you quit now, after all of that, the last thing you're going to remember is somebody... You're not going to remember all the great progress that you made. You're going to remember failing, and you're going to remember... And it's just going to... It's going to haunt your memory. It's going to stay there forever. And the last thing you're going to remember is that dude making fun of you. So don't quit. Go through the hardships. Go through the trials. Go through the trying times. Go through all of it. Because the risk is worth the reward. You know, I talked to this one dude 
as well today. Another dude, you know, I talked to a lot of, I talked to a lot of people. And I asked him, I was like, well, do you, because I always see him, he's strong, he's a strong fella. And I always see him at the gym, and he never leaves the pin-loaded, plate-loaded section with all the machines. He's a strong guy. And I asked him, I said, well, do you do any, you know, barbell work? Like bench, squat, deadlift, like any of that. And he's like, no, you know. He said, you know, my lower back hurts a lot. And after I do it, I feel like crap. And I didn't, I didn't judge the dude because he he does have a serious injury that prevents him from being able to do barbell work. But I did, I did tell him I was like, well, I I get that because when I first, you know, even to this, it's one of those things that in your developing years, if you don't get used to that pain, then you know, you, you're you not going to be able to want to go in and work out willingly, you know. So, you know, I had four years of development, four years of feeling pain in my lower back. And it, it, was, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't walk, like I can't stand upright, I can't even sit upright. It was more so, I'm walking... The next day after I hit a heavy squat day and ow, my lower back hurts. And that's fine. It, can, it Just because it hurts doesn't mean you did anything wrong, but it happens. It happens to the best of us. But after so many years of conditioning my, my mind to kind of not necessarily ignore the pain, but not acknowledge it, not really not really look into it any anything past oh it hurts because i worked out yesterday if you don't have that then it's going to be hard for you to go into powerlifting it's going to be hard for you to go into strength training so you know that that's some of the challenges you face as a beginner is it's gonna hurt it's gonna suck but once you once you're able to access that part of your mind where you're like I I like the reward I'm getting out of this, then it starts to suck less. And you're just like, yeah, it's going to hurt, but I'm looking forward to it. And and with that mindset, you're kind of looked like you're looked at like, oh my god, you're crazy. Like who would willing willingly put themselves through pain? And it's all for a title. You know, eventually it it leads up to that point and you either succeed or you fail. But the fact that you were in the running was rewarding enough. And that title is strongest lifter pound for pound. And some people, you know, they they get close enough to touch it and hold on to it. Some people, they're in the running for years and years and years, but just never get there. But hey, what a hell of a ride. Because at least you were in the running. Because that's, that's, pe- regular, regular normal people don't even give that a try. They don't even want to try to get into the running. They're just like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to feel pain. And it's just like, okay, then 
don't feel pain, but I want to feel pain because I want to at least say that I gave it a good shot and I came closer than most. And yeah, you might not have that title of strongest person, but you'll be stronger than a lot a lot of people because a lot of people don't do this. It's a very small it's a very small world. So um but yeah. When it also comes to mentality You know, I see a lot of guys, they'll have a set amount of, when they're doing accessories or whatever they might be doing, they'll have a set amount of sets and reps. And sometimes they get through their first two sets, but they have two more. And, you know, they're not able to hit that full eight eight repetition set. And they quit after six or seven. Do ha- if you can't do the full rep, then do half reps. If you can do half reps, then do half reps. Until you, you know, you've, if you get to six and you're trying to get to eight, what's, what's two plus two? Two plus two is four. You know, what's one half plus one half? One. So if you do two. If you do two half reps, that's equal to one rep. Now you only have one rep left. If you can get another two half reps in, then do the two half reps. If you can get half a rep twice or four times, that's two full reps. You know? So... And same thing with quarter reps and or three-fourths reps, you know. It's okay. But that's all part of the winning mentality. If you don't have that winning mentality, then you're going to quit, even in your workout. And it's one of those things where... You you can't start if you start quitting now you'll start you you'll keep a bad habit of quitting. So I guess this this episode more or less is how to not quit. Um, it take it it was hard. It, hmm. Trying to find a way to word this. Once I found that mental aspect that, and I unlocked that that mental capability of not being able to quit, it took me far. You know, it took me far and wide, and it will still continue to take me far and wide. But that's why a lot of people fail is because they just they don't. They've not act. They've not accessed that mental capacity to not quit yet. So, anyway, I'm gonna cut this one off. Um, I hope it's been beneficial. It's really worked 
more so the mental aspect of lifting. And I hope that I was able to give you guys an idea of what it's supposed to be like. And I hope that you start using it and it works out for you. I genuinely, at the bottom of my heart, hope it works because, you know, you need that. You need that capability. So, anyway, that's today's episode. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. As always, live strong, get strong, and keep grinding. Y'all have a good one.